Hi, thanks for joining us for this message from Red Church in Melbourne, Australia. We pray that you are blessed by it. If you'd like to know more about Red Church and its ministries, or if you'd like to support us financially, you can find out more by heading to redchurch.org.au. As was mentioned, there's a lot in today's service, and today's service is a little bit different, a lot we had to announce and mention, but I'm really excited uh, to finish up our series on the vision. Normally you do a vision series in March, perhaps people come and they settle into a church and then you kick off like this sort of series around the vision, what you want to do through your church. But we sort of felt that our timetable had been a little bit upended by the Holy Spirit this year and that there'd been a bunch of things that God had done amongst us unexpectedly. shared with me a word that someone had in our annual general meeting uh, we just recently had and it was after there was a number of those statistics that you would have just seen and went to a little bit more depth in the annual general meeting and there were graphs and all those wonderful things that accompany figures and statistics. But one thing that it's hard to measure is spiritual growth and this person really had that sense that what God wants to do amongst us is introduce a new t- chart where it's not just about where the cash flow is going, but actually what God is doing amongst us as we grow spiritually. I have to say in all of the years that uh, I've done ministry, I've not seen as many moves of God, God intersecting with people, sometimes in quite very obvious moves that were very clear and palpable at other times quietly over the year. As a pastor, often a good result is if, I don't know, 10, 15% of your congregation start really pushing in and, and, and seeking God. But this has been a year where we've just seen so many stories as God has moved amongst people. There's been all kinds of markers from Soul Care Conference to the renewal sessions. We had the 24-7 prayer conference. There's been a culture of prayer growing amongst us. And in the midst of all those different things that God has done, in the midst of some really tough stuff this year, this year was like, I don't know, anti-prosperity gospel. It was like like God moving in the midst of some really difficult times. Uh, But um, as shared in, in something you're about to see, that God didn't leave us, God didn't forsake us. In, in fact, God grew deeper in our hearts and it's been amazing. We have seen things you don't normally see, people turning up to church with no background, people knocking on the doors of the office with no background in the church, people who'd been out of the church for years coming back, people who'd just been sort of coasting in a, in a faith going deeper. So we just felt the best way to sort of end this series is not with a sermon, but actually with the stories, the testimonies of how God has moved amongst us. So what you're about to see is a group of stories, people from some of our different services, uh, 9, 11, and service at Camberwell, just sharing what God has done this year. I hope you're blessed by it. Well, uh, so I'm here to talk about what God's done in my life this year. And I thought I'd start with talking about... um, So when I went on long service leave, um, I was sort of just in the busyness of life and then I kind of stopped for long service leave. And, um, but I remember writing a list of priorities and God was on the list, but he was actually number three and money was number one because we're doing this renovation. And that felt, I felt kind of something shift at that point. Um, It felt bad, like the wrong thing to do but I still kind of pressed on anyway. 
Um, and so that meant I really went hard trying to find gigs to pay for the renovation. And that was kind of my focus. And all that really led to was anxiety about that. Uh, and I've, I realized later that if I'd sought his kingdom first, then other things would be added to me, you know, in time and that I wouldn't have been so worried about it. Um, so that was a, there was a bit of a lesson there, I think. Um, but what got me on track was um, starting to read Soul Care uh, in preparation for the Soul Care conference. Yeah. And so I, I read that um, with a friend from church and that helped me start to kind of realign my priorities around God and put him at the centre again, which just felt a whole lot better because um, I think that's just the way we're meant to be. Yeah, I mean, the other thing I did uh, was, was come to the prayer room. Um, and I, like I initially, Catherine, my wife, encouraged me to do that. And I kind of thought it's a waste of time driving to and from. I've, <laughs> there's no one even at home. Like, why am I not just praying in my living room? Um, but yeah, I came to see that that space is, um, is different. And the encouragement of the prayers on the wall and just the knowledge that it's set aside and that so many prayers and prayers have gone before makes it different and actually turns it into a really kind of productive space because you just sit there and that's your sole focus. And um, so God can actually do quite a lot with you during that time. Probably the, the highlight of, um, of my long service leave, as it turned out, was soul care, um, particularly the last bit of it, um, the prayer sessions where I was really um, unburdened, unburdened of a whole lot of things I'd been carrying actually unknowingly my whole life. And so I walked out of there um, quite a different person, I think. The fruits of that have actually been um, a much easier, more straightforward, direct connection with God, um, where before I might have felt clouded or conflicted um, or, you know, a bit dim, a bit hazy, all of those kind of things. It just felt clear and direct. Like I could talk to him and he could talk to me. Yeah. So if you'd asked me this question, I was just thinking in the past, you know, what's God been doing in my life? I would have looked, I think, for good things that God was behind, you know, like, um, something good happened at work, I guess God was moving behind the scenes with that. But I feel like um, I can now talk about, you know, directly what God is doing in my life. Yeah, and it's not really scrounging around to find it. It's right there. Yeah. And I feel like, uh, like some of the results of the changes that God has brought about in me is um, more love, more love for my family and more love for the school kids that I teach and probably more patience with them as well. The first story that comes to mind for me has been um, leaning into what God has got in store for you. And this is for everyone. And I know that everyone's narrative is different. And so my narrative for 2023, 13, 2023 has been to, um, yeah, it's just to lean into what God is saying. In other words, just creating space and trusting where God is leading you as he speaks into your heart. So for me, one of one such event that I was really excited about 
was soul care. That like this year when I went through soul care, there was a transformation journey that I went through that I was not expecting. And one such incredible story with that was the, towards the end, there was some uh, deliverance time and I kind of faintly had some kind of idea with what deliverance was. And when I felt like my previous understanding of what deliverance was, was just escaping maybe a sin, um, being delivered by something just because you couldn't do it on your own. But this was just so much more. I think God was actually priming my heart um, to open up a space that has never been opened before. And to be able to walk with some of the guys who prayed for me, we prayed in a group of four, so three other people that were walking with me and just calling out this area. I actually never thought I'd be in a safe space to actually open up and unpack a lot of the things that was burdening me, something I've never even told my partner. And being able to travel with these guys, I've just never felt so light since that moment. And I felt that um, because my yoke has been lifted, literally, when the burden has been lifted, like I feel I can now run, um, run hand in hand with Christ. And it's an incredible journey. And I just can't wait to see uh, what the next chapter will be. I'd be lying if I said that there weren't struggles. The struggles never go away. And I really like what Rob Remus said. Rob Remus said that God didn't promise that you'd be living a troubled-free life. He said that he will never leave you and forsake you. And so that is what I walk with on a daily basis is like, God, I want to know what it's like to live with you in partnership with you every moment of every day. Um, so at the start of the year, I remember people asking me kind of what did I want from this year? And I remember this strong, just strong desire to love people better. Um, I think I was feeling quite, uh, I think I probably had a bit of compassion fatigue, um, you know, people helping job for a long time, two young kids. Um, I think I was growing increasingly impatient <laughs> with people and I just wanted to um, stop being so inwardly focused and be more outwardly focused and just, yeah, I guess love people like God loved people. Um, but I knew I couldn't do that in my own strength. So um, I was asking God for that. Um, at the same time, I was going to Tuesday night prayer group and um, you know, I love to pray and um, I was, yeah, going along. I didn't, I think at the start, I didn't really feel God's presence a lot or really hear from him. Um, but I distinctly remember leaving him. I remember one night leaving going, I'm like, like I didn't feel a whole lot, but as I left, I could just feel him healing my heart. Um, I can't, I don't know how to describe it, but I just know that, um, that he was, I had, I think I had completely underestimated how the Holy Spirit works. I had no idea. And so, um, yeah, the fact that he was just working within, within me and healing my heart with, with just by being in his presence was truly like, um, astounding to me and just amazing, um, that we have such a powerful God that can just work like that. There was no audible voice or anything. It was just, yeah, this inward healing. Um, so there was that. And then I started hearing whispers of the Holy Spirit moving in quite powerful ways through um, one of the services I, that I couldn't attend. I was quite frustrated that, um, like that I'd missed that. And I was so hungry to 
feel God's presence more, um, to know him more. Um, and so I just started going um, along to the prayer room. Again, it was a great time of praying for the world, for things in my own life and for people I know. Um, but I didn't, I didn't feel much. I didn't hear, again, like, I think I always thought I have to hear this big voice or something and that's how I know that it's working, the prayer's working. Um, but it's never really been like that for me. Um, so, yeah, I was going along and there was one week I was waking up feeling a little anxious in the mornings, um, but I went along to the prayer room and then the next morning... I woke up with this, just this almighty peace that could only come from God and also uh, a massive hunger to um, know, just to read his word so I could know who, who I worship. Like, so, yeah, so I could know God more. I don't know, a few months later, um, we were in the, um, a service and towards the end of the service, there was just the presence of God was so palpable and it was God as um, king, uh, as creator of the universe, his presence, um, yeah, just like it was in that moment I just realised what a mighty God that I had. But I just didn't want to leave his presence. Like it was just so comforting to know that um, that we our God is the king of the universe. Yeah, it was, it was a comfort. What else, what, what came from that moment? And I think what I've kind of realised is that a lot of my fears that I've, I've had are just kind of gone because I think because um, we, we have such a powerful God and he, but he's so personal and he meets you and he wants to meet you where you're at. And so I think, yeah, like... Um, an issue kind of recently cropped up for me, not a major thing, but I think I felt quite calm about it because I felt like now I was in kind of a partnership with God. Yeah, I just kind of had a, a trust that if I showed up, God would show up. Um, yeah, so I think from that moment, it's just brought a deeper level of understanding of who God is and the faith that I have in my God. Yeah. I guess specifically, um, it, it goes back to the lead up to the Soul Care Conference. Uh, when we were invited, uh, a number of us were invited to um, to, to work through the, the book Soul Care and um, to uh, listen to uh, uh, Rob uh, through his DVD. So we covered the principles of, of that Soul Care. So if people have done it, they would be familiar with that. Uh, others who are not. Um, it was just a number of principles that um, that are, are challenging um, and, and we're invited to process uh, with other people and come be before the Lord. And so that was my journey, um, really, uh, unexpected at the time. Rob, Rob covers it in, in a number of principles and, and one of the principles that we, we covered, which um, is, is the area of forgiveness, which is a biggie. It's 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 huge, and the question was uh, was simply uh, come come before the Lord, and and ask the Holy Spirit to um, to give you a name of, of of a person 
that um, you really need to forgive, that in some way has, there's been an offence committed, and it may be name or names, it may be multiple people, and to maybe write that down and, and not to filter that. Don't think about it too much, but just to... And I must admit, I, I came into that and I'm thinking, yeah, I, I think I'm, you know, I can't, no, no, before we even pray that, yeah, the brain's, my brain's ticking over. Anyway, of course, I've come before God and, and I've, I've simply said, Holy Spirit, you know, would, would you give me name and names of people? Bang, a name. And I've gone, I, 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 I was surprised. A name of someone who I had um, uh, altercation, maybe not, uh, uh, there had been a, an offence, I, I felt, to, towards me. A young Christian, we're going back 40 years. So I, I started to remember how traumatised I was, specific things that I'd done afterwards and, um, and quickly got to the conclusion going, man, I, I was really badly affected by this whole thing. So, um, and I'm, I'm reading Rob, Rob's book and, and, and he, does, he does mention, you know, how, how we're to deal with it, you know, maybe deal with that situation. And so for me, um, I got to a point uh, of understanding as I, as I prayed and came before the Lord um, that this person had come from what he downloaded on me that I kind of felt really offended and, and, and in some senses traumatised by. Um, uh, he 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 had come from a place of woundedness, woundedness himself, but I still needed to to offer that forgiveness, and so I did that. Um, and uh, I just I just uh, virtually verbalised that what I what I shared with you now, and, and so Lord, I, I understand where this person had come from, and out of the woundedness or whatever, I'd have no understanding of why I cop what I did. But I choose to forgive that person, you know. An amazing thing, um, it's hard to describe that point uh, of feeling, but it was, I, I would say it's like something lifted off me, which doesn't really, I, I find it hard to articulate, but something lifted off me um, as I... Um, Offered that forgiveness. So, um, yeah, um, amazing, amazing. Uh, first of all, that God could could drop something from a name of four decades ago um, that would bring to memory some of the things that I'd actually um, been traumatised by, which I'd buried so deep, um, and then to actually uh, be released of, yeah. Quite amazing. God is so good. Yeah. I think for Josh and I, this journey of renewal started a bit over a year ago. So we went to Wollongong, which is a bit random, um, but just for a long weekend away. And while we were there, Josh was watching the footy. I was journaling and I just felt that there's got to be more to this Christian life and that, yes, we love God and we follow Jesus, 
our life doesn't look that different to the world. And I found our life was very busy and full and it feels like you can't get a break. Um, and yeah, I felt like there was more that God wanted to do. And so I wrote down this prayer saying, God, what's the more but less that you have for us? So about an hour later, Josh collapsed out of nowhere. Um, he couldn't move his body. He complained of this headache. He started slurring his speech and nothing like that had ever happened before. And we were in Wollongong, so we didn't know anyone there. Um, so I called the ambulance and long story short, we got into emergency about 11 o'clock at night. This doctor pulled me into this little consulting room and told me to take a seat and said, your boyfriend has a bleed in his brain. We don't know what's caused it, but it's quite severe. So we've paged the neurosurgeon. The nurses are prepping him for surgery. Um, they're going to put him into an induced coma. We're going to bring some forms for you to sign. Is there anyone you can call? And, and there, there wasn't. Um, I mean, there was people I could call, but no one who was there at the time. Um, and so Josh was in surgery from midnight until 8 a.m. A couple of hours in, one of the surgeons came out and said to me, look, we're not going to be able to give you updates, but it's going to be a long surgery. We've got six surgeons in there trying to save his life. Um, if you if you want to go home, go home, because we don't know how long this this will take. Um, but I, I stayed in the, the hospital. Um, and then the next morning, they they came back out and let me know that he'd made it through surgery, which in itself was a miracle. Um, but they said that he'd have to be in a coma. They didn't know if or when they'd be able to wake him up. And if they were able to wake him up, he'd likely have permanent brain damage, but they didn't know the extent of it. And me being a numbers person, I was like, can you just tell me like, what are the scenarios? What are the probabilities of each? How do I prepare myself? And and they said that it doesn't work like that. Like with brain injuries, you just, every person comes out differently. Like it's those moments where you're like, thank, thank God you have faith, but also your world kind of just falls apart in a moment. And for me, I was like, what, what, why do I spend so much time and energy worrying about things that don't matter? Like for us, we were talking about, you know, we wanna buy a house before we get married or, We've got so many things on or trying to plan our lives or create this sense of security when that can just like everything can change in a moment. Um, and I think one a huge thing I learned through that time is that God is in every detail and he's behind every outcome. And so I had to accept that if Josh died, then he'd get to meet Jesus and that God would use that and use that story for his glory. I knew that if Josh came out of this permanently disabled and maybe we wouldn't be able to have kids or we wouldn't be able to have the life that we'd imagined, that God being God would use that for his glory and he'd use it for people to come and know him and to inspire people. And then if 
by a miracle, Josh came out of this healthy. I knew that God would change us and use it to change our hearts and how we live. And thank God that has been our story. <laughs> um, um, <laughs> but it's, yeah, it, it's been a journey. When the ICU nurses were able to wake Josh up out of his coma, and he, the first word, so they, he had like an oxygen mask and was tubed up and everything. Um, but they pulled the, the oxygen mask off to see if he could talk. And his, um, his first words were, I love you, Beck. <laughs> I know. And, and I'd been thinking, am I going to have to reintroduce myself to him? Will he know who I am? I had all these photos ready to explain that I was his girl. I was his girlfriend and that he loved me. <laughs> but just the fact that he had his memory, that he could talk, like he knew who we were, that in itself was an absolute miracle. Um, he couldn't move his body yet. He was still quite out of it. Um, but over the last year, year and a half, he's learned how to walk, how to talk, how to write, how to use his hands, how to eat, how to do all the things that we just take for granted every day. Um, and it has been an absolute miracle. Um, and so for us, I think one of the biggest things we've learned through all of this is just slowing down. And we just fill our lives with so many things. We are just rushing from one thing to another to another. And I feel like God is just teaching us rest. And I think he's been trying to teach us that for a long time. But this has forced us to rest. And so for Josh, physically, he, he had to slow down. Like he couldn't go at the pace he was going. For me, mentally, emotionally, I didn't want to go at the pace I was going before. And so we've just been learning things like taking Sabbath, even when you're really, really busy and feel like you don't have the time and that stuff needs to get done. I've learned that when I stop, the world keeps going. <laughs> So we came to Red um, earlier this year, just after we got married and moved over this side. And we came when you were doing the renewal sessions on Sunday nights. And Josh and I had felt this prompting and this hunger for renewal, but we were also just really tired and worn down. And we just needed stillness and peace and that is exactly what we found when we came to Red. And we just love that renewal didn't have to mean shouting and noise, but we just sensed this just peace and presence of God. Um, and then we've just been blown away by the authenticity and humility and kindness and depth of people at Red and every single person who's spoken to us we feel like they just want to get to know us and they care and it's been such a safe space for us um and i've joined this huddle with these beautiful girls and there's just no superficiality or surface level stuff like we've just gone we've been reading soul care together and we've just gone straight into like our childhood traumas and 
there's just been something so beautiful about that, like having a safe space to just bring all of myself and feel that that is accepted and loved. Um, and then the other thing that we feel God's been doing in us is just igniting this passion for prayer. And for me, I felt this for a while, but the barrier has been I don't always feel like praying or when I do pray, I don't really feel anything and I get distracted and I don't know if it's working. Um, but then in the lead up to 24-7 prayer and then going to the 24-7 gathering, we have just been so, um, I think, inspired by other people's journeys and just realising that when you commit yourself to prayer regularly, like either God moves or we just become more aware of what God is already doing. So we've just started to see these incredible coincidences as we've started to pray more. And so one example is that we met these two refugee girls from Afghanistan and we've just been doing life with them and they have a, a crazy story. Like they had to flee um, all of their, their family is still over there. And we've been praying, God, how do we share the gospel with them? Because there's a language barrier. They're also Muslim. And so religion can be a bit of a touchy subject. Um, and to be honest, I think I'd been thinking for a long time, how do I share the gospel? What's the right way to do it? And then I had this light bulb. Why don't I just pray about it? <laughs> um, so we've been praying and then... Not long ago, I was just hanging out with them and one of the girls said to me, oh, I have to tell you, I had the happiest dream ever. And I was like, yeah, tell me what happened. And she said, I had a dream about Jesus and he was just poor like us, but he just kept saying, follow me. <laughs> Yeah, and then the, the final the final thing um, is that I felt, so a little while ago, I felt God prompt me to start a prayer group at my work. I work for an insurance company, not Christian at all. I knew one other Christian. And so I, I said to him, why don't just every fortnight we have a 30 minute, like, let's just meet for prayer. And one of our first prayers were, God, show us any other Christians in the workplace that we can invite along to this literally walk into a meeting after that with someone that I've been working with for a year but is normally in Sydney and I saw him and he had a, a bible verse tattooed on his arm so invited him to the prayer group a couple of weeks later I heard someone sharing their testimony with a girl in his team so invited him and then he's brought a whole bunch of people from his team and it's just it's been insane and so now so after 24 7 national prayer gathering, I thought, how can we bring prayer, make it more of a rhythm in our workplace? And I asked them the other day if, and this prayer group, if everyone would be open to taking a day of fortnight where we just commit to praying over the workplace. So whether it's um, for some people, they get in early and so they'll walk around um, the floor and pray over it. Another guy does a run at lunch around the building. So he's going to pray when he runs around the building. Um, but we've now got this prayer chain going where every day of the week, we've got someone praying over the workplace. 
And again, it's just, it's God. Um, and so I feel that God has really answered the prayer that I prayed <laughs> a year ago about what's the more that more but less. Um, and I feel like we have a lot less noise in our lives, but as we've been making space for God, whether we feel like it or not, he's just been doing these things that we could not have planned. Recently, Josh and I were in LA and I was just walking along the beach, praying, talking to God about, I don't know what. And these two girls came up to me and introduced themselves. And they said, oh, are you from Australia? Because they heard my accent. I said, yeah. And they said, actually, we're, we're missionaries. Um, and we just felt God prompt us to come and say, hi to you. Do you mind if we pray for you? And so they prayed for me and, and just gave me this incredible word. And then they said, by the way, we, we train missionaries in LA and send them throughout the world. And next year, we're actually sending a whole group of people to Australia because we sense this hunger for God in Australia and we feel that God is bringing revival to Australia and we want to be part of what he's doing over there. <laughs> 